Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Monday and tonight was Monday Night Raw. Now I'm going to say it right now. Monday Night Raw tonight, I felt like it was a good show. It flowed very well. And when Michael Cole did the whole, there's one match to go presented by Credit One, I go, you know, they're fucking, oh shit. There's only 30 minutes left in this show. This show flew by. Like this show just flew by for me. I don't know how Luke felt about it or whatnot, but I thought this show it was very good. It was, it didn't build, well, I, I wouldn't say very good because that woman's segment where they were all just clucking, that wasn't good. That crowd didn't like it. And yeah, I'm just going to say that segment wasn't all that good. Other than that, really good show. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the live event I went to here. But first, I want to talk to Luke. Luke, have you been in? What'd you think of tonight's Raw? Uh, I thought Raw was. I thought it was a decent show. I, I will say it did feel a little quick. But I wouldn't say it didn't do a whole lot for like a build for Mania. It did a little bit. But yeah, the women's stuff, I will say it did. It didn't really do all that great. Which, I mean, so the thing about the women's stuff, like everybody knows it's going to be Becky versus Rhea. So like, why do they need to like do all this stuff really? Because they have like, to do the Elimination Chamber to right, get but, the match. But still, like, they already made Becky versus Rhea so obvious, though. Oh, yes. But it's like, you so gotta like, get to it somehow. Right, but... No, I get what you're saying, though. Everyone knows Becky's winning the Chamber. So, unless something happens, and... <laughs> unless something happens and plans get changed, like plans may have been changed today, we'll talk about that in a minute before we talk about Raw as well. But, yeah, unless something changes, I don't think Becky's losing at Elimination Chamber. But really, it's more of now, okay, here are all the six women in the chamber. We're going to have them come out and talk and make you think one of them could win and build interest for the match. Yet, at one point, it looked like Liv forgot her lines. And then at another point, it looked like Tiffany forgot her lines. So, we'll talk about it when we get to it. But, you know, it was whatever. Also, Becky says, what do you think about the hat? Not that I don't like the hat on Becky. I've just never been a leather hat fan. Like, I've never liked leather hats on anybody. I just never thought they looked good, personal preference. Especially since I'm a hat guy. But what do you think of leather leather ball caps? Uh, they they never really been my style. Like, I, mean, I used to be a big hat guy. Like, like I don't really wear a whole lot of hats anymore because I like to comb my hair. But <laughs> I like to have my hair look good, so... Yeah, I just always have worn a hat since it's since like high school. I know people, like I have friends that have never seen me other than when we go to the lake. That's the only time they ever see me without a hat on. You know, like when I was in high school, I used to wear like my baseball cap all the time. But like now that I'm like in college, I'm grown. I like to like comb my hair a little bit, make it look good. Yeah. The only time I really wear a hat is where I'll wear like a stocking cap when it's cold outside. Right. Yeah, no, my, I've just always loved wearing hats, and now, honestly, it feels weird if I don't have a hat on, so I always have a hat on, always, and I got, as you can see, plenty to choose from if I need to change, that's not even all my hats, I got more in boxes, but, yeah, at least I don't have one of them, like, like the Young Bucks crazy shoe obsession where I'm spending hundreds of dollars on a pair of shoes, no, I still get a $30 hat here and there every so often. Uh, Fonzie says, are you going to stay up late for Elimination Chamber? Of course I am. We always review all WWE pay-per-views right after the show. 
And because of the time that Elimination Chamber is on, I'll just say it here. I might do a watch along. I'm thinking about it. Maybe it'll help keep me awake. Plus, it'll be something different because it's on at a different time. We'll try something different with it. The kids will be asleep. Well, actually, I think Saturday they be at their mom's house. But regardless, <coughs> I might, might, it's a big might, do a watch along. Because I haven't done watch alongs before. I think I did one once for one of like the, like a press conference thing that WWE did. Other than that, I usually don't do watch alongs. Because it's like, well, I'm going to do a watch along and then give you all my exact same opinions I just gave you why we did the watch along in a podcast. You know what I mean? That's my whole thing about watch-alongs. Plus, a lot of times the kids are here and they need me and there's all stuff going on, but yeah. Didn't you do a watch-along for, like, the trailer for Rick's last match when they were revealing the opponents for Rick? Yeah, but I don't know if that was... <clears throat> I don't know if I did that. Did they reveal that live? Or was that just they put the trailer out? I think that was different. They revealed it live. They revealed it live, I'm pretty sure. Well, so here's the thing. With something like that, like a trailer like that, or a 5, 10, 20-minute thing, that's kind of different because what I'm going to do as a watch-along is basically the same way I'm going to, quote, review it anyways. And so I wasn't going to do the watch-along and then a review. With this, I want to have that singled-out, you know, separate podcast review for the Elimination Chamber like we do with every pay-per-view, maybe have callers call in and stuff like that. And so it's like, if I'm going to go and watch the show with you guys, why are, you gonna, why are people going to stay to listen to me say the same thing again that I just said during the watch-along? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's kind of my thing. But we'll see. I'm contemplating it. Because <clears throat> usually for New Japan shows, I fall asleep. I didn't fall asleep for the last one because that cage match that they did was amazing, and that kept me going. But usually, like, once we hit... Four or five o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, I'm getting tired. Oh, I'm getting tired. So maybe doing a watch along will keep me awake because I'll be engaged with the live audience in the chat and stuff. So think about it and we'll see what we can do. I had one person ask me, hey, you're going to do a watch along? I don't have Peacock and would love for you to do a watch along for these pay-per-views so I can watch them. Bro, I'm not showing the pay-per-view. <clears throat> Some people no, just... That's illegal. That's illegal. You can't do that. No. Hell, they get mad when I make a video and try to show like three seconds of a clip. So that's, a, that's copyright. You can't do that. I mean, yes and no. There are ways around it. Cause like, if I'm not showing, if I'm showing only a couple seconds and I'm talking over it for educational or news purposes, I'm supposed to technically, it's like when you watch ESPN and they're showing all the clips. So I don't know. I got to figure out how to get around that. Cause other channels do mine. Doesn't, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, App Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime, because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here for Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember to head over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button. That way you know when we go live, when we post new videos, and when we post things to the community tab. 
Also hit that join button to become a channel member to, to support the channel. And also, if you want to get your comment, question, or concern read live on the air, remember to do so by submitting a super chat in the live chat on YouTube. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game like Skull and Bones, maybe you're getting an older game like Remnant 2, or you're claiming the free game, Dakar Desert Rally. I just call it Dakar Rally, but they, the game's called Dakar Desert Rally. Anyways, great game made by Saber Interactive. If you're getting that game or something else, use this code PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Remember, if you're getting stuff in Fortnite, like you want Shredder, and you, then you want to get Super Shredder, maybe you want um, Battle Pass so you can get Snake, an old man Snake, use this code right here. P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. Last night, maybe an hour before the show started, I decided I'm going to go to the WWE live event. And I'm glad I did. Spent about $250 in total after the whole night was over. And that got us three seats, me and the kids. That paid for parking which they upped the price of parking. Parking at the Save Mart Center used to be 20, then they upped it to 25. So then we got, well, actually, yes, then we got drinks. The kids ate before we went. So we didn't, they didn't, we like, we didn't eat there. We got like a hamburger on the way home from McDonald's, but we didn't eat there. But then WWE has also raised their prices for t-shirts at live events. Because the last live event I went to last year, my daughter got a shirt, 35 bucks. This year she got a shirt, 40 bucks. So they bumped him up by five bucks. <clears throat> and then my son got a Cody Rhodes hat. My daughter just got the, because there was like none of the female shirts. I think there was a Rhea Ripley one, but she's like, doesn't really know Rhea Ripley. So she's like, no, I don't want that. So she got the one with all the wrestlers. It says I was here on the back. Anyways, so <clears throat> I make the decision. We're going to go because I wasn't going to go because the ticket prices were so high leading up to the show. And then everything sold out. So I usually sit middle bowl like i don't sit floor but we usually sit middle of the bowl area we usually pay about 50 bucks a seat well this show they upped all those prices like doubled and then by the time i looked for seats this week only the top bowl area was available and so those tickets at one point were going for 40 50 60 bucks and i'm like oh no i'm not gonna sit up there farther away than i normally sit for the same price and so that's kind of where I was dumb because, A, I looked maybe an hour and a half before the show started and ticket prices had dropped from 40 and 50 down to 25. So I'm like, oh, we're going. But then when I got there and sat in the seats, I was like, actually, yes, we're higher up, but it's actually no worse than the seats we normally sit in. So I have sat in now every area of the Save Mart Center for wrestling and have come to the fact of, there is not a bad seat in that building, except, so if you're looking at the stage all the way back up top, you're going to be behind the Fresno State Championship banner, so your view is going to be obstructed slightly. Those are the only bad seats in the entire building for wrestling. But other than that, great show. Over 10,000 people for a live event. Catch this, Luke. I don't know why, but they sold almost 3,000 tickets in the last week with they didn't announce anybody specific that we didn't know was coming. Like, everyone knew Cody was going to be there. So it's like they didn't sell it because they said Cody's coming at the last minute. 
I don't know why, but for some reason, they sold over almost 3,000 tickets in the last week just all of a sudden. And it's not like something specific got announced. But great show, amazing crowd. Our truth got the second biggest pop of the night. Well, third. I think the, trying to think. Biggest pop of the night was Cody, of course. And then I think second, New Day and Nakamura were tied. Because when New Day came out to save Chad Gable from an Imperium beatdown, big pop because people weren't expecting the New Day on the show. <clears throat> and then Nakamura came out and they sang his song super loud until he got in the ring. They didn't sing anymore in the booed. But then Truth came out. Have you heard what Truth did on these live events this weekend? What did he do? So it was Austin Theory versus Carlito. And the match is just going, going, going. And then all of a sudden, our truths music hits. And Truth, I don't know if this man was just, I don't know how he ran this fast. But it literally, his music hit. I went from looking at the ring to looking at the entrance. And by the time I, my head went like this, he was already at the ring. He ran out of the entrance and down the ramp that fast. He jumped on the apron and went, Carlito, tag me in. And Carlito was like, what? He's like, tag me in. So Carly was like, screw it. So what happened was Austin Theory was trying to steal the apple. And he right as he was about to bite Carlito's apple, that's when Truth came out. So he tags Truth in. The referee looks around and goes, screw it. Tag. So Theory goes to clothesline Truth. Truth ducks it with the splits. Never touches Theory, so it's not a DQ. And then boom, Theory takes the apple to the face of Carlito. DTs him and pins him. But when Truth's music hit, superstar pop. When, and that's the thing. Every show I've ever been to in Fresno that Truth was on, he's always gotten one of the biggest pops of anybody. Anybody. So Fresno always loved our truth And then, of course, we got the stuff with Cody. I don't know if you saw the video. After the show ended, Cody grabbed a microphone and was like, hey, I can't believe how many people are here. You guys come out with, you even brought signs with you. We don't see that that often. You guys have a lot of good signs. And he goes, and there's one sign in particular I want to comment on. So there's a sign right here that says, blindness can't even stop me from seeing Cody. So Cody jumps to the barricade, goes and hugs the young lady, and then gets back in the ring. And then he, another cool thing, he um, was like, hey, just so you guys know, I'm going to stay around and uh, sign autographs. So people, he basically telling people, don't just leave. Try to come down here and get an autograph signed. And so we were going to go down, even just so if we could take a picture with them or whatever, because my son really wanted to. But for some reason, the ushers wouldn't let us down there, even though the show was over. I was like, okay, whatever. But Cody saw a kid there after the show that was wearing, like this kid, I guess his mom or whoever, got him the Cody coat like that he wears during his entrance. Perfect replica. So Cody pulled the kid over the barricade onto the ramp with him. Took a picture with the kid and then said, hey, come over here with me really fast. Cody goes to the other side, signs a couple autographs, gives the kid the pen and tells him, sign your name. Sign an autograph. So the kid, cosplaying as Cody, got to sign an autograph for another fan. Cody's the greatest freaking baby face we've ever seen. I've seen John Cena live more times than I can count. And I think Cody got a better baby face reaction than I've ever seen for John Cena live. 
I feel like it's because like Co- Cody does like a lot more at like live events with fans than Cena did. I mean, Cena I mean, would, I could be wrong. Cena would sign autographs, but I think Cody like sticks around. Cena would, if anyone sticks something out as he's walking to the back, he'll grab it and sign it really fast as he's still moving. Kind of like you see CM Punk do. But Cody will stop, talk with you, especially if it's after the show. He'll stop, talk with you, take a photo, and so he does more. And maybe it could also be The Rock stuff going on because he got the crowd at one point to boo Byron, and he's like, oh, they're treating you like they treat The Rock. He's like, how about we don't do that? And we cheer Byron now. And then he got the crowd to cheer Byron. They did whatever this man told him to do. And Cody is their savior. Like, I'm, I was shocked at the reactions Cody got last night. Like, it was wild. Biggest baby face pops I've seen in a long time. I mean, the only other big baby face pop, and he wasn't even a baby face at the time, baby face pop that I have experienced live that was like, oh, my God, blew my socks off bigger was Seth Rollins cashing in money to make a WrestleMania 31. But, of course, there was over 60,000 people there. So, overall, great show. The exact same paint-by-numbers show that they did the night before in Oakland, California, other than, I think, like, two matches. The order got flipped on the second night. But other than that, the exact same show. And here's something that might make you laugh, Luke. So, it was Meechin versus Asuka. And Byron does the intros, making her way to the ring, me chin and my daughter looks at me and goes what did he say me chin and she was like this like me chin i was like yes just like that That, that's funny yeah so i've always enjoyed going to live events because like if you're like if you're sitting in front row like you can really like interact with wrestlers True. because like they're not they're not rushed for time. So like they could really just like stick around as long as they want to like interact cool. with fans and sign autographs. Sort of not rushed for time, depending on where you are on the show. Because some building and depending on where you are, where the show is, some buildings are like you got to be out and done by this time. So sometimes they are, but I get what you're saying. Most of the time they're not, especially once the show is over and they're starting to. Because I've seen, who was it? There was one show that I went to one time. May have been AJ Styles at a live event. And like he was still out there signing autographs and they turned all the lights on and WWE was already starting to like tear stuff down. And AJ was still out there signing a few autographs for their fans. I think it was AJ. So, but yeah. Great, great, great. We've never I've only sat front row once and it was a SmackDown taping in 2018. But my son, since 2015, because he went to the SmackDown, the first live event he ever went to was the SmackDown after WrestleMania 31. And since then in 2015, he's only, he's gone to, so they usually only come here once a year. So he's gone to every show except for two. I don't think he went, he didn't go with me in 2018 to the SmackDown. And then I think he may have not gone in 20, no, he went in 2017. Maybe he's only missed one. But I was in 2019. He and I have gone to every live event that's come here, and they come once a year. So, yeah. He's got a little streak going where he hasn't missed a show. He's missed one show in the last, what, almost 10 years? So that would be cool. Yeah, I've only I've only sat front row once. I will say when it comes to, like, seating, if you're not in, like, the first two, maybe three rows, I would just oh yeah no try to get, like, a yeah. higher seat. 
Yeah. Because you're not going to see much if you're like in the fourth or fifth row. Right. I, I could see that for sure. I went to an NXT. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of people said that. Yeah. Like, so I went to an NXT live event and I was, granted, it was in a small building, but I was second row. And then, like, I heard people behind me, they were like, I can't see, sit down, because people would stand up. People, like, I remember one time, this pissed me off. It was 2007. We went to a SmackDown taping, and two rows ahead of me, this kid had a sign that was literally, like, this big. Huge Batista sign. Like, a big sign for Batista. And he was holding it up almost the entire show right in front of me, and I couldn't see the ring. Almost 90% of the show. I was so mad. Hey my, hey my first ever Raw I went to when I was in fifth grade. I brought like well, I brought like a Seamus like big head with me. <laughs> nice. I was like, I I bet you the people behind me are probably pissed. Right. But we got Monday Night Raw to talk about. Great live event. I recommend going to WWE live events. Here's the other thing, and this ain't me trying to crap on AEW or anything. They've got a Collision show coming up this week that's maybe sold two thousand tickets. That's a TV show. And WWE's out here doing 10,000 plus for a live event. In the middle of California, Fresno, California. Like, what? That's crazy. That's how hot WWE is right now. That they, like, the show they're doing in Boston for Mercedes is only... because they're... Say it again? I mean, WWE, like, they... They promote that out of their butts for a live event, though, because oh. they got, like, billboards. They do, like, radio you wanna know shows how like, my, hey, come up. You want to know how my son knew WWE was coming to Fresno? So, a month, and a, ha- a month and a half ago, we had my daughter's birthday party at the trampoline park. And they had screens there with advertisements because they, they do, like, local advertising in the trampoline park. And on the screen, every... You know, during the rotation, every 10, 15 minutes, WWE live event, Save Mart Center. The ad was showing in the trampoline park where all these kids are. So, yeah, WWE's getting out there and doing great um, work with the um, local advertising. Plus, we have two of those, like, electronic billboards in town. And I saw seen them on those boards for the last two months. Also, you are freezing. You've frozen twice now. You freeze the third time. If you freeze the third time, I'm going to have you restart and just like exit the call and re-enter and see if we, if that fixes anything. But All yeah. right. So, like you said, WWE's just doing way better at local advertising as well. As far as Raw does go, if we're 20 minutes in and haven't even talked about Raw yet, really. As far as Raw does go, show opened up with a hype video. This was cool. The hype up Cody versus um, Drew. I was like, oh, we're getting a pay-per-view style hype video. Love it. Then they also showed different, excuse me, different people showing up to the building. And so um, the match itself, like the first match of the night doesn't start till like eight, nine minutes in. And it is Drew McIntyre versus Cody Rhodes. Also, I am loving that. WWE is subtly promoting the video game without really saying having to say anything or run a commercial. They're just throwing the the wrestler ratings in the bottom corner, being like, "Oh, Cody Rose a uh, number uh, uh, ninety three, Drew McIntyre's an eighty nine in the game," and it's telling us, "Oh, hey, crap, yeah, that game's coming out soon." Oh, so I love that they're doing that. Something different, something cool. So as far as the match does go, 
Roach uses Dragon Screw early and applied a figure four, working over the knee of Drew McIntyre that apparently may have gotten hurt last week on SmackDown. Or was it two weeks ago? The qualifying match he had on SmackDown. That's when he first hurt the knee, and they've been playing it up. So Rolls rolled out of the ring, rolled out of the ring, and they went to a break where Cole said Rhodes was in trouble, even though he was on the offense just a moment before that, but he was clutching his ankle for some reason. Weird. We went to commercial. When we come back, McIntyre was on the offense with the boots to Cody, squeezed them against the ring post. McIntyre used a chop, but Cody fired up and demanded more. He said, hit me again. McIntyre then kicked his leg out from under him and gained control, but Rhodes came back with a bulldog, a forearm, a power slam, and a disaster kick for a two. Follow this up with the Cody Cutter for a two as well. McIntyre blocked crossroads, but Rhodes sent them both over the top with a clothesline leading to a, a second a commercial break. Rhodes then hits the jabs and the bionic elbow, but hit a spine buster for a two and a sit-out powerbomb for a two as well. McIntyre went for the claymore, but Rhodes hit a super kick and a pedigree. McIntyre headbutted Rhodes out of midair and hit a future shock DDT for a two. Rhodes came back with a superplex and a Cody Cutter off the top for a near fall. Jimmy Uso then ran out and tried to distract the referee, which he did. This then led to Solo jumping up in a hoodie and a hat and spiking Cody in the neck just like he did last year at WrestleMania. This then led to Drew, because Drew was like knocked down already. So then Drew finally comes to, and he's like, why is Cody down? He looks up the ramp, and there's the Usos. So funny. So Solo's walking back up the ramp. Jimmy's walking. Jimmy's going like this, like, come on. Solo, yeah, give me a high five. High f- and Solo just won't shake his hand, no nothing. Solo just no-sells Jimmy. I was laughing so hard because Jimmy's like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> so funny. But regardless, Drew gets the win. And then you see a little, like, disdain on his face, like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that I helped. I, I got the Uso. Like, I don't I don't like the Uso and Solo helped me. Uh-uh, the bloodline ain't helping me. Like, you could see on his face he was like, I won, but he didn't like the way he won. What do you think of the match itself? I mean, I thought it was a decent opener. I like the solo spot, basically recreating that WrestleMania mm. match. Like, I thought it was thought it was cool. I like the like the post match stuff, like with freaking Pat McAfee. Pat I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I was gonna get yeah. to that. I was gonna get to that because that cracked me up. They gave Pat McAfee a freaking telestrator. With more than just a pen to play with. He had like a little deal where he could show you a zone. Like, oh, Solo's going to take his hand here. And he's going to arrow. He puts the arrow. goes, And the hand's going to go there. And it's going to hit the zone right in here. And the throat of Cody. I'm like, oh, my God. This was great. I like that a lot. That was funny. Please give us more of this. I mean, this is like the first time we've ever seen this. And like, Pat's perfect for it. I don't know if it is. There's something in the back of my head saying, I think they've done this once before with Pat. I don't remember, like, when, but I'm just feeling like they may have done it once before. Let me see. Pat McAfee. Telestrator. I feel like they've done... Yes. Right here. It was... Okay, I found it. I'm going to pull this up. It was on a SmackDown. Somebody has the video on there. But yeah, when he was doing the stuff, talking crap on Happy Corbin. Watch. I'll, I'll pull it up here. I remember. Now I remember it perfectly now that I see the clip. 
So it's this right here. I'm not going to play it, play it, but he was like talking crap on Corbin. And he has his telestrator with all his little toys. He's like circling his head. He called him bald and stuff. Yeah. So I know they've done it before. They need to keep doing it more. They need to do it more of it. They need to do like a every role, get like one segment where Pat does the telestrator. Heck, you could do it for more than one. Don't overdo It'd be it. Funnier. Don't overdo it, but he could do it for like a big match like this and then the main event. So we'll see if it comes I back mean, or not. I think for now, I'll just do it as once because I don't <clears throat> think that he should like overdo it and right. fans are going to get bored of it. I haven't do it for like an R Truth segment. Oh, that'd be funny as hell. So, there was a video package hyping up Gunther versus Jay Uso. They played this really big. And there was a video package for Andrade El Idolo confirming, yes, he will be Andrade El Idolo. Excuse me. In WWE. He said that he will control his own destiny. So, we're in the back with Cody in the trainer's room. A trainer and Adam Pierce are talking to Cody. Pierce says, hey, um, I'm, I'm going to take care of this. Jimmy and Solo are going to be fined. They're going to get a huge fine. They're not going to be allowed back on Raw. And Cody's like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. We're going to move on. Seth then walks in, kind of looks at Cody, like taps him on the leg and was like, mm-hmm. basically telling him, hey, you need your shield, don't you? I can beat your shield. So you think at Elimination Chamber, when they do the Grayson Waller segment, Cody's going to agree to have Seth in his corner or something? I mean... They got to set up this tag match somehow. I mean, it would only be for the tag match. I don't see them... Like, there's no way in the main event they're going to have Rock be in Roman's corner. And... I mean, maybe, but like... Unless The Rock's a double agent and his whole goal is not to help the bloodline but to screw Roman out of the belt. There were some subtle signs on SmackDown for that. Also, hold on one second. Speaking of The Rock, Fox had The Rock on the Daytona 500 today as the Grand Marshal saying, gentlemen, start your engines. And granted, this wasn't Fox that did this, but the PA announcer for the racetrack said... Ladies and gentlemen, now welcome actor, entrepreneur, co-owner, and founder of the UFL Football League, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. No mention of professional wrestler. Come on. That's going to be in one of the top WrestleMania matches this year. And they're going to disrespect by not saying he's also a professional wrestler. Just saying. But then the Rock did know, a maybe. the Rock did a Rock style start your engines because usually people just yell gentlemen start your engines but no well now they say drivers because there are females in in NASCAR now so they yell driver start your engines but Rock had to do the finally the Rock can say driver and then it starts your engines. yeah but he had to do his finally thing I was like oh lord Rock Hammond and like usually drivers like usually when they do that they're just out there. In front of the pace car, ready to say it, standing on the ground. No. Rock had to make sure, I don't know if it was Rock or them. Rock was on a pedestool above everybody. 
think the pedestal is at least a foot or two up. Brock had to be above everybody. Usually, you're at the end, one end of pit road, standing probably usually at the far end, in front of the pace car, saying, driver, start your engines. No. Brock had to be center of pit road and up on a pedestal. This goddamn guy. So, regardless, they teased it again. Seth telling Cody, he didn't say he had to say anything, but we knew what he meant when he was like, hey, you, you want me to help you? These guys aren't going to stop with the numbers game. So there was another quick video package highlighting the women who have already qualified for the Elimination Chamber. And then there was a sponsored video break recapping the angle with Judgment Day and R-Truth. Oh my God, this was great. So Jackie Redman, who was like a perfect narrator voiceover person. Like she's got the perfect voice. She's got the dialect down perfectly to do voiceovers for like, like when they do the, the Royal Rumble numbers video and stuff like that. She's perfect. And so she's narrating this thing and then she takes, she takes it like outside with truth. And she goes, truth, tell me about when you first met the Judgment Day and what that was like. And he tries to say something about them being babies and this and that. And then, and I, and I didn't write it down, but I did tweet it out. So I want to pull this line perfectly because I lost my shit laughing so hard when Truth said this. Truth said, quote, it was special. Like the first time John Cena tried on a pair of jean shorts. I'm like, he got me. He got me, Truth. And he's wearing a rain poncho because it's been raining here off and on in California. But it didn't, I don't know about LA. Here, it was supposed to thunderstorm today and then it never rained. So... Anyways, yeah. But yeah, he said, when, when she's like, tell me about when you first met the Judgment Day. And he's like, it was special. Like the first time John Cena tried on a pair of jean shorts. I laughed so hard. But basically, he just, they recapped everything that we've seen with him in the Judgment Day. Going uh, since the beginning of it. Any, any thoughts on it's any not, of that? The thing he did like. The thing he did later on the show was absolutely funny, which well, I'll get to there when it happens. But I think I know what you're talking about. Um. So then we had the LCQ last chance qualifier battle royal for the women's elimination chamber match. Many names in this, like Shayna Baszler, Zoe Stark, Zelina Vega, Chelsea Green, Natalia, and a returning Raquel Rodriguez. So this is great. Raquel's back, and I'm like, oh, looking at everybody in this ring, and I go. Probably Raquel. Probably Raquel. Yeah, once they had Raquel return, it was like, yeah, Raquel's winning. Raquel's winning. So, Electra Lopez... I mean, if Raquel wasn't... I mean, this, this match kind of got to me. Because if Raquel didn't return, I was like, all right, who are they going to have win? Here's my thing. A week ago, one of the working plans was Jade. So now this is me having no knowledge. This is me speculating. Maybe at first they thought Jade, but then when they found out that Raquel was going to come back to TV, like she was cleared up from the the health scare she was having. Not really health scare, but she was having like a skin condition that was keeping her off television. Anyways, maybe they found out, oh, Raquel's coming back. They were like, oh, never mind. Jade, you're out of the match. Raquel, we're putting you in instead. Maybe that's what they did. Maybe they came up with the Raquel idea. Maybe it was always... because. Meltzer and Mike Johnson both said at one point Jade was going to win the Battle Royal. 
make it into Elimination Chamber. And then sometime last Monday, that got changed. So maybe last Monday, they found out Raquel's good to return. And that's when they pulled Jade. I don't know. That's when they pulled the idea of Jade. And so then Raquel wins this battle royal. And I see a wrestling website go, Jade Cargill pulled from major WWE match. No, she wasn't. Because she was never officially announced from it. There was a floating idea to maybe put her in the match. But it was not official, so you can't say she was pulled because she wasn't pulled if she was never actually placed in it. So it was more so that scrap from plans, exactly. almost. And it was never even set 100% in stone. And as a week ago, we knew it was changed. As a week ago, we knew that she was no longer even considered. Like coming out of last week's Monday, like going into Monday overnight into Tuesday, Mike Johnson reported that. Jade is no longer being considered for the Elimination Chamber. So we knew a week ago she wasn't going to be in the match. So it's like, for these websites to be like, Jade pulled from major WWE match, that's irresponsible reporting. Because now that's making your fans think something different, potentially. That's like, never mind, I'm going to get into it. These freaking wrestling websites trying to write things with like NASCAR tie-ins because this was the big NASCAR Daytona 500 weekend. And so... I'll just say it right here. WWE does the thing leading up to WrestleMania where they got Arch or not Arch Truth, uh, Snoop Dogg's um, golden belt, and so they had it all weekend floating around at the NBA All Star Game. Then somehow the belt got to Daytona, and they had a picture with Ryan Blaney, the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series champion, with the belt, and it said a new belt to go with the championship or something like that. And so, and I'll just say it here because I tweeted it. PW Insider writes, hold on, because this was freaking ridiculous. They literally wrote, where was it? Um, Daytona 500 winner grabs the WWE golden title. Not the case at all. Yes, the reigning champion a picture with the belt but he is not the daytona 500 winner because at the time they sent that out the daytona 500 hadn't even started yet and you can't even call ryan blaney a former daytona 500 winner because he's never won the daytona 500 so again more irresponsible reporting and writing on some people just saying you don't know nascar don't write about it because that was like yesterday i saw a couple people writing oh SmackDown may now be the number one rated thing of the week for sports because the NASCAR race got canceled. No, it fucking didn't. It got rescheduled due to rain, you morons. They didn't fucking cancel the Daytona 500. You don't know NASCAR. Don't fucking write about it. Why don't write about volleyball? Because I don't know volleyball. Shit. Anyways, this battle royal. Maxine Dupree. Almost eliminated Chelsea Green at the start. And I was like, shit, all this stuff about Chelsea being in the match and she's just going to get eliminated quick? Makes sense. But she wasn't. Valhalla then eliminated Maxine. Rodriguez quickly dumped Valhalla. And all of a sudden, Zia Lee and I didn't even know Zia Lee was in this match. Like, all these women are in the ring, and I, I didn't even know Zia Lee was in there. So Zia Lee gets eliminated. Isla Dawn gets eliminated. They're making Raquel look like a just beast out there. And so, they go to a break a couple minutes in. 
They come back. Oh, well, actually, before the break, Chelsea and Natty were fighting on. No, Chelsea and not Natty. Chelsea and Candice were fighting on the apron. No, maybe it was Natty. Chelsea was fighting somebody on the apron and then, like, saved herself. But Chelsea never went over the top rope. Chelsea went. No, that's what it was. It was Candice. It was Chelsea and Candice. Chelsea threw Candice into the um, turnbuckle. Candice goes flying. Indy then comes over, grabs Chelsea, and hits her with the draping DDT like Randy Orton does. Chelsea then bounces back out but saves herself and then eventually just falls. But she never went over the top rope. Chelsea went through the middle rope. So we come back and they tell us we're down to our final four. And so the final four was Raquel Rodriguez. I didn't write this down, did I? It was Raquel, Shayna, Zoe, and who was the Zoe. You know, Zo- yeah, Chelsea. Right. Well, no, not Chelsea. They didn't they forgot about Chelsea. It wasn't Chelsea. It was Chelsea was on the outside. It was, was Meechin. That's who it was. Meechin. So Meechin gets eliminated. Then Zoe and Shayna are trying to work together to eliminate Raquel. Raquel eliminates both of them. And so Raquel's like, I won. And then all of a sudden Chelsea jumps back in, tries to eliminate her. She reverses it and boom, throws out Chelsea. So I cool little spot there with Chelsea Green. They always Cool, funny spot, but it's kind of overdone. The one person doesn't get eliminated, so they hang out outside, and then, yeah. It's kind of overdone, in my opinion. Uh, Jonathan, you said Liv? How the hell could it have been Liv? Liv wasn't even in the match. Anyways, also, there was a spot where Electra Lopez eliminated Zelina Vega, and Michael Cole goes, these two have a long-storied, heated rivalry. No, they don't. No, they don't. They've only been feuding for like two weeks ever since Electra showed up on SmackDown a couple weeks ago to join Legato. Other than that, they haven't done anything together. It was like, they got a long story to hit rivalry. No, they fucking don't, Michael Cole. Anyways. Yes, it was me chin. Me chin. Good Battle Royal, though. I thought it was actually a really worked, uh, really well-worked Battle Royal. What'd you think? I, mean, I, thought it was, I thought it was a pretty good Battle Royal. I feel like it was kind of spoiled once it was once it was revealed that Raquel returned. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, she's winning. Right. But. I wonder how different the Elimination Chamber match would be, though, if Jade was in it. Could you who eliminates Jade? That's the question, because, you know, she ain't winning. Final two, Becky and Jade. Or final three. Becky Jade, Bianca, Bianca pins Jade, and we set up Bianca and Jade for Mania. Wouldn't hate it. It would be, it would, I mean, that would be the first ever one-on-one women's match that's not for a title at Mania. Really? I think so. Mm, trying to think. Non-title, maybe. You might be right, non-title. I know a few years ago, a lot of people thought Bailey versus Sasha would be happening at Mania. That should wasn't for a title, but that never happened. It should yeah. have. I think that was uh, WrestleMania 34, I believe. Um, Kivisha says, do they air volleyball on TV? Lo- local high school volleyball, you can watch it streaming here. So, yes, I could report on local high school volleyball if I wanted to because they do stream it here. 
Guy can watch it streamed on uh, YouTube. Regardless, though, just saying. I'm not going to speak about a sport I don't know incorrectly. If I don't know it, I'm either going to double check before I put that out that I got everything correct or just not write about it. Anyways. Hey, well, I did... Hey, well, I did camera work for a volleyball game. I had to ask, like, my, the guy who was, like, producing the game on my headset, like, like, how do you, it's like, what's going on over here? Because he knew what was going on, but I didn't know. So I had to, like, ask him questions, be like, hey, what's going on over here? I should know volleyball because I had a long-term girlfriend that was a volleyball coach, and I went to plenty of games, but I never really paid that much attention. So, Yeah. <coughs> I just didn't really go to enough games growing up, though. Yeah. Uh, Jey Uso cuts a promo talking about how he wants to win the Intercontinental Championship and bring down the Imperium Empire. We then had Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax. I loved how Michael Cole was supposed to conduct an interview here, and then afterwards, freaking Pat goes, hey, Cole, did you even get one question in? Because they just, Rhea mainly just, Took it on herself to just do this whole thing. So Ripley and Jax were set in separate rooms, and Michael was hosting this interview. Sure. Ripley said that she didn't have butterflies because um, Michael asked her she was nervous about wrestling in front of her family in Australia and whatnot, friends and family. She goes, I didn't have butterflies. This was what she was working for. She said, this is what I've been working for, a big match in my home country. She said when she first got to WWE, all she wanted to do was fit in. And please people. But she wasn't comfortable with that. And she wasn't comfortable in her own skin. She wasn't being herself. She said there were times she wanted to quit. But she reminded herself just who the hell she is. Bl- Rhea Bloody Ripley. And was the most dominant woman that WWE was ever going to see. Nia Jackson kind of just sat there and was like, oh, that's cute. That's cute. Because I was twice your, I'm twice your size. And have three times the talent. Jack says she's going to squash her. And then Rhea's going to have to call her mommy. Probably said that Jax would crumble. When she heard everybody chanting mommy in Australia. Jax would lose all of her momentum. And would realize that she was not good enough. Ripley then goes, all right, I'm done with this. I'm not talking to you anymore. And she takes the microphone off and walks off. And Nia's just sitting there going, Okay. Okay, and then that's what Pat goes, weren't you supposed to be hosting that, Cole? Did you even ask a single question? So, this was all right. They did more for Nia later, which, holy crap, we're going to talk about that. But what did you think of this little sit-down segment? It was decent. <laughs> it, I thought it was more, I did, I thought it was kind of different that it was more like confrontation than it was like interviews, <laughs> which I know it's mainly like, to like add more like confrontation to it, but right. I do like how it was more. It was they didn't even like get to the questions though. I I don't think no because well that was that's that's supposed to be the whole thing. Michael Cole didn't ask, get his questions in because Rhea was just like I'm good. I don't want to do this anymore and walked off. So that was the whole the whole bit. So Michael Cole then hypes up that TKO WWE and the UFC have signed a five year deal with the Honda Center in Anaheim, California. And that all starts this week, last Saturday. Now, get this. I think we talked about this already, but last Saturday, they had a UFC show there, and then tonight, they had a WWE show. Well, last Saturday, 
you could have paid like $900 to sit in a, a suite at the UFC pay-per-view. And the whole selling point was you're going to be there with Bianca Belair and Montez Ford. Now, I don't remember. Did we talk about this on camera already? Yeah, we did. Okay. So, yeah. I saw one person post about this. Literally, Bianca and Montez popped into their suite for a minute. Took a couple pictures and dipped right out. It was not worth it. At least not to me. They didn't say if it was worth it or not. But they were like, oh, yeah, take a picture with Bianca Belair and Montez Ford in our, in our suite. Because apparently there was multiple suites set up, and they just bounced them from each one. And then when they were done, they got to just go sit in their regular floor seats to watch the show. But they did the same thing tonight for Raw, I think, with Michael Chandler, who was there. This was wild. This was out of left field. So Michael Cole hypes all this synergy between the UFC and the WWE and TKO, signing now deals with buildings to say, hey, we're going to guarantee you X amount of shows a year from both companies or X amount of shows for X amount of years, whatever. So that's really cool that they're doing that now. Now they know, hey, this building's going to pay us to come here for a weekend and put on multiple shows. Well, then all of a sudden, Samantha Irvin was like, Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you UFC lightweight fighter, Michael Chandler. And then Michael Chandler grabs a mic and was like, hey, so there's a guy that keeps ducking me and don't want to fight me, Conor McGregor. How about you get off your ass and fight me in the octagon? And I'm like, what the shit? And they're filming this in a way where the WrestleMania sign is perfectly positioned behind and next to Chandler, and I go, if they are fucking going to do a wrestle, uh, a UFC fight at WrestleMania, which I know they're not, but it's like, are you kidding me? What the crap was this? It was cool. Don't get me wrong. I saw some people going, eh, I don't want to see UFC stuff on WWE. I don't like UFC. <laughs> Whatever. Now, here's the one negative you can say from this. Say people... Don't really know UFC, but they see UFC fighters doing their callouts on WWE programming. That could lead to people that don't really know UFC to think, oh, is that thing scripted like wrestling? That could be the one negative. Could be the one negative. What did you think of Michael Chandler calling out Conor McGregor on Raw of all places? I thought it was, thought it was different, honestly. Oh, yeah. I could I could honestly see Conor McGregor going maybe maybe like a way to respond to this be like it's like you you're call, you're really calling me out on a scripted program why don't you call, call me out on a, on a place that's actually real so I don't know if I I I think that would actually be really good I just don't know if they want to go that far to tell everybody WWE is fake you know what I mean well. The whole thing is they're not supposed to say it's fake when everyone already knows it's right. fake. Because the whole thing with WWE, they're like, don't tell people it's fake. Don't tell exactly. people it's fake. But, yeah, like, I mean, even though, like, everyone knows it's fake. And, like, there's some people, there's, like, some wrestlers who will even say, like, it's not fake, it's scripted. Mm. Which, I mean, it's basically kind of saying fake, really. But, no, I thought it was really cool. He was super hyped up. He was like, it, it was awesome. Like, this was very, very, very cool. Also, uh, Kid Vicious says, wasn't Danica Patrick the only female driver back in the day? There's been a number of female drivers. Go all the way back to the 70s. 
and we had Janet Guthrie, the first female driver in NASCAR. Then we had Danica Patrick for a while. Now there's like four females. There's Natalie Decker. There's Haley Deegan. There's Tony. I always butcher her last name. Brindinger. Brindinger. Who she's actually sponsored by Victoria's Secret. She's the. She's got a like main level spot. Like she's doing really well sponsor wise. But yeah, there's like three or four females in NASCAR. None in the Cup Series, which is the top, top series. But there are two in the Xfinity Series and at least one, if not more, in the Truck Series. So yes, there are many female in NASCAR now. Uh, Chad Gable cut a promo in the back. Very serious promo. Saying that Ivar's trying to take down and tear down the Alpha Academy. Him and, and Valhalla. So he wants to take on Ivar one-on-one tonight. Ivar then says, all right, you leave your crew in the back and let's go at it. This then leads to the eight-man tag team match. His Judgment Day, Dominic Mysterio, J.D. McDonough, Damian Priest, and Finn Balor taking on R-Truth, The Miz, and DX members, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. I'm just kidding. That's what Truth called them, though. DIY Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. This is it a was fun a big letdown that Go for it, it was a big letdown that they didn't come out with like DX gear. Oh my god, they did the chop. Well, not maybe not gear, but like they should have played the DX theme. They should have played the DX like, theme. Johnny was teasing this so much on like shirt. Twitter and Instagram, yeah. and they didn't even like like do any like DX stuff in their entrance. <clears throat> no, they just did the one. All four of them in the ring. Like, yeah, suck it. And then they went to a break. About a minute That's in. It. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's such a big missed opportunity right no, there. Uh, how, f- how much fun do you think Johnny Gargano would have had pretending to be Shawn Michaels with the DX music playing for an entrance? His favorite wrestler growing up. If he got to pretend to be Shawn during his entrance, he would have, oh my God, that would have been so good. I could see him. Like I could see Ciampa. Like, doing the whole, you know, the, the thing with the leg out, however Sean does the pose, you know. I can't do it on the camera because you can't see my legs, but, yeah, no. Like, they should have played the DX theme. They should have, like, had Truth's music. Well, they should have Miz come out first, Truth's music play, and then the DX theme play, and you go, what the? And then he's like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. But, because he even said it in his thing with Jackie earlier where he was like, because I'm teaming with DX members, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. So, it would have missed opportunity for sure. Um, Johnny Organo and Champa, like I don't care what anyone says, they're going to be the next Triple H and Shawn Michaels of the future. What do you mean? They're going to be, they're probably going to be like that next like huge tag team, like how DX was. Maybe in the future. I can see it. Maybe, maybe not now. Maybe like in two well, years. I wouldn't I would say. say they're going to be like DX because a lot of the jokes and like the comedy stuff DX did back in the day, you cannot do anymore. You can't, no, do you can't do it on television, you, no. You can't do three-quarters of that you stuff anymore. Like, you could probably, like, modernize it, though. Right. To work, it'd still be like, funny. Like they tried to do in 2006. Yeah. Like when they had the big cock t-shirt and stuff. But uh, crowd pop big for Truth getting the hot tag. He did the John Cena comeback sequence on JD. Priest then tagged himself in before Truth to go for an attitude adjustment. McDonough then headbutted him, and uh, Truth sent him into the ring post, leading to another commercial break, just like three minutes after the last one. Literally, we go to a break a minute in, come back, and a minute later almost, maybe a minute and a half, we go to another break. So we come back, the crowd was less than enthused when Ciampa made a hot tag, which was kind of weird. 
They got into it eventually as he fired up and took on two guys without, uh, took him down with double clothesline. Champa then hit McDonough with a draping DDT before wiping out Priest with the corkscrew dive. Champa then hit Balor with a reverse DDT, but McDonough broke up the pin. That then led to everybody trading their big moves until Champa and Balor knocked each other down with running clothesline attempts. Pat then said, oh, that's like 16 abs colliding in the ring. These guys are jocked. Uh, the crowd then chanted, this is awesome. They got even louder when Truth ran in on Priest and hit a scissor kick. Truth then knocked Dom off the apron and gave Priest a flatliner for a two. Miz and DIY then hit dives, and that took us uh, took, took out the rest of Judgment Day. Truth then tried to counter a choke slam into a cradle for a near fall. Priest then came right back with another South of Heaven choke slam and pinned Truth to pick up the victory for the Judgment Day. Well, there we go. The Judgment Day do get the win going into their tag team title defense this weekend against, what do they call themselves? New Catch Republic? I think so. Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. I don't know what that's a reference to or what that means, New Catch Republic. I know catch means like, you know, amateur wrestling, but okay. Cool. What do you think of the match? Just call them British British strong style. Exactly. Hold on. on. I'm going to look. Talk about the match. I'm going to look something up about that real fast. I thought the match was pretty good. You know, I am a little disappointed that DIY and Truth and Miz didn't get the win, but I think having Judgment Day win here is probably smart because you want to make them look strong going into their tag title match, which they're most likely going to win. I don't really. I don't really see them dropping the belts to Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne, so. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm trying to see here. WWE. Oh, they changed it. They changed the U.S. patent trademark website. So it's like, uh, what do I click now? Do I click this one or that one? WWE does still have a trademark on British Strong Style. Yeah, they've had it since... 2019. So, 2018. So they could use the name, but they did also just recently trademark New Catch Republic. So they did trademark the new name, which is why I think they're going to use it. New Catch Republic. Yeah, they trademarked it yesterday. They filed the application to trademark it yesterday, February 18th, 2024. New Catch Republic. So we'll see. Yeah, I wonder why they didn't go with Bruce Strong style unless they didn't want to do that since Trent Seven's no longer in WWE. Well, that's what I was trying to look up if they owned the trademark or not. But they do. Well, I don't know. Moving forward, they recapped everything. Do you with think the... they'll ever bring back Trent Seven? I don't know why they let him go in the first place, but mm, probably not. Maybe it was his age. Could have been the age thing. Maybe. I know there was a rumor saying that he was like losing like motivation in wrestling. Because he's 42. But I mean, AJ Styles is like 45, 46, and Finn's like 42, 43. Truth is 50. Yeah, but. Don't look. Yeah, but Trent Seven was like 42 in NXT UK, though. Yeah. Yeah, Truth's 52. He just turned 52. Oh, today. Happy birthday, our truth. They didn't even wish this man happy birthday on television. No. What the shit? 
they could sing this man happy birthday. Oh my god. If though if they would have won and then like Johnny or the Miz led them in a happy birthday, that would have been the greatest moment on TV. Man, now I'm mad. Now I'm mad. Them singing happy birthday to truth and getting those 13,000 fans to sing with them. And then I would have loved if like truth tried to like spin it and be like, it ain't my birthday. It's somebody else. It's just your birthday. Triple H looking at Champa. But, oh man, that would have been so good. Fuck. Missed opportunity. But again, they had to lose. So, yeah. They probably could have done They might have done it like like during commercial or something. They could have done it earlier in the show, like a backstage thing. Yeah. Or or they could have done it during their entrance to more piss off Judgment Day. Like, oh, why are these guys not even taking this serious? You know? Or they could like or like Miz could have just been like, like cut the music, let's all sing truth, happy exactly. birthday. Exactly. Uh so Jackie Redman interviews Sammy Zayn in the back. Zayn has made a difficult decision. Zayn has hit the pause button on his issues with Drew McIntyre because it's become an obsession. He says he's got this, he's gotten this way before, but now he needs to focus on a path to WrestleMania. He needed to trust the feeling in his gut that not only was there a path to WrestleMania, but a chance to do something historic, become a champion. Sammy beaten Gunther for the IC title. Now that I think about it, he said he wants to win a title at WrestleMania. Before he kept saying world champion. Now tonight he just said, "I want to be. A, I will be a champion." Is Sammy beating Gunther? What else is he gonna get? Another tag title shot with who? I mean, is Sammy beating be cool. Gunther? I don't know if he's the right guy to beat Gunther per se. But it would be cool for Sammy. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously, I would I at least want something for Sammy to do at Mania. But he's he keeps saying he said it for weeks now. I want to win. a. a he, first, he kept saying, I want to win a world title. Tonight, he changed that to I will be a champion at WrestleMania. What other tell? What other belt is there? And bring back the twenty four seven title? I don't think so. United States ladder match, maybe? No, I think we're gonna just end up Kevin Owens and Logan Paul in a singles match. I really do. I think that's all that's gonna be. But I think he's gonna be Gunther. I think he's. They've slotted him now into the Brock Lesnar spot to fight Gunther at WrestleMania. I could be completely wrong. What other title is he going to win? There isn't one. Unless he goes for tag titles. But then it's like, with who? Ricochet? I don't know. Man, they really forgot about Ricochet. He's been on TV in a month. Two months, maybe. He's been like since... He was in the Royal Rumble. Oh, I meant like a Raw or SmackDown. But yeah. Other than the Rumble, I don't think he's worked a television show since December. We looked this up like a week ago. Yeah. He hasn't been on TV since like December or November. His last televised match was 
Abrupt, 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 he abrupt, works abrupt. like live events. Yeah, he didn't work this weekend, though. I know the weekend before, or it's two weekends before, he had the last two weeks off. The weekend before that, the first weekend of the month, he was uh, working gender. Yeah, his last televised match was November 6th. And it ain't like he's out injured because he's been working live events almost every weekend. <clears throat> Braun is out injured because I see Richard Great, uh, Graska say Ricochet and Braun. Braun had neck surgery. They were a cool tag team, though. They were. I really liked them as a team. So then we... I mean... Go for it. I mean, if Braun might be, like, good to go soon, he's, maybe he's they good. have him return, like, after Mania. That'd be cool. So then... And maybe we, they could reunite him with Ricochet. Right. Sorry, so, I keep cutting you so off. You're fine, you're fine, you're fine. You can go. So then we get this woman's segment. Oh, my God, was this not good. But Becky comes out first. Just, she's done so many great things in her career that, well, there's not many new things for her to do. There's not many things she hasn't already done. She goes, but the hat is new. Do you like the hat? And I told myself, no, but I'm not a big leather hat fan anyway, so whatever. Uh, she says, but there is something I haven't done before. Compete inside the Elimination Chamber. So I'm going to do that, and I'm going to win. Lynch said that it was inevitable that she and Ripley would collide because, well, they keep She literally said, we've been teasing it for a year. We keep randomly face-to-face, -face, but nothing comes of it. So it's inevitable that we're going to fight each other. Uh, she said, Ripley... Has the talk has been the talk of the town this last year. And she's got her band of merry men, the judgment day. Lynch says that she's the biggest threat that Ripley's ever going to face. And at this very moment, quote, I'm the best that I've ever been. I don't know about that. It's pretty, pretty amazing in 2019. Lynch said that, uh, Lynch said that she was the best she's ever been, but so was everyone else. Five of the women, the most promising women in all of WWE, will also be in the chamber with her. Lynch didn't have anything against the other women either. Well, except maybe Tiffany Stratton, who she finds kind of annoying. She said they're all fighting for a spot at WrestleMania. She's going to win it. Out when they come, Liv Morgan. Liv starts to talk, says two things, and then goes, up. Oh. No, 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 and it keeps going again. And I'm like, oh, Liv forgot her lines. Liv messed up. Uh, she said she was tired of Lynch explaining why she should be the one to face Rhea Ripley. Morgan didn't care who the best was. This was all about her revenge and her revenge tour. Ripley used her... Uh, she said, Ripley used to be my partner. And then I teamed with Raquel. And then she cost me and Raquel the tag titles. And then she injured me a week later and took six months of my career. And Morgan reminded Lynch... That, you know, I'm actually the only one that's beaten, or I was the last one to beat Rhea Ripley. Out with come Raquel Rodriguez. She reminded them, hey, just know that it may not be Rhea. Naya could be the champion after Saturday as well. She knew that she was the only one big enough to defeat either of those women. So she would be the one winning Elimination Chamber. Naomi then would come out. Lynch is like, welcome back, Naomi. 
because you know some people call her Naomi, some people call her Naomi, even though the eyes at the end. I don't know. And so Naomi said that she didn't return just to return. She says, I went out and I made a name for myself in and out of the WWE ring. And I know this is where I belong, and I belong at the top. Out would then come Tiffany. Tiffany said, Naomi. And then she kind of like fumbles for a moment. And she's like, you left um, an empty space when you left. And I filled it. And now I'm the center of the universe. She's like, I don't care about the past or where else you've been or what you've done. It's Tiffy time now. Out would then come Bianca. We got a good reaction. Now I got a question for you. I felt like Bianca came off a little bit heelish. Did she do you? Talk crap on all the other women? Or is that just Bianca Belair? I mean, maybe a little bit, but at the same time, it could just be Bianca Belair, really. One second. Jonathan, hold on. Give me one second. Okay, he corrected me, and I am right or wrong. Drew's birthday was a month ago. Never mind. It was January 19th, not February 19th. My bad. Thank you for the correction. Oh, well, they still didn't do anything. Then. They still didn't do anything. Anyways, Bianca comes well, out. I mean, he was trying to be with the Judgment Day. Do you really think the Judgment Day are going to sing him happy birthday when they were telling him you're not in the Judgment Day? Yeah, true. Um, so I Bianca, mean, if, he, if it was like him and Miz, then that's a whole different story. But right. if he's with the Judgment Day and the Judgment Day didn't want him in there, they're not going to sing him happy birthday. So Bianca comes out and she starts running down and talking crap about all the other women. She gave me the vibe of like the prissy I'm better than you chomping my gum chick on the playground. That's the vibe I got from her here. With the chick that's like, yeah, so uh, I'm better than you. And I'm better than you. And I'm going to beat your butt. Like, that's what I got the vibe of. The annoying girl on the playground that chomps her gum real loud while she says that she's better than everybody else. Because where she comes from or who her family is. Trust me, we had one of those in, in middle school. So, she just talks about how she's going to beat everybody. She's the best. She's going to remain undefeated going into, going into WrestleMania. And you can't spell WrestleMania without E-S-T. Okay, but they're, like, what? Like, I get it, but it still doesn't make any sense. WrestleMania, EST, they're like three letters in just the middle of the word. What does that even matter? It's like saying, you can't spell WrestleMania without M-A-N, Becky Lynch the man. So, yeah. Oh, speaking of that, when uh, Becky said, welcome back, Naomi. She goes, thanks, man. Uh, that was funny. But yeah. That was kind of dumb. She's like, can't spell WrestleMania without EST. We can't spell WrestleMania without MAN. Just saying. Just saying. <clears throat> then they all just start fighting. And this is really dumb. So a bunch of them start fighting, and Bianca and Becky just stand there for a second. Bianca then looks at Becky and goes, eh. And then they just start hitting each other. This is so bad. The crowd didn't care about it at all. What did you think of this horrible segment? Oh, Horrible maybe going too far, but this not good segment. It, it wasn't good because a lot of women were kind of 
I feel like a lot of women were kind of like missing on their lines and it made it like look bad. Especially really. Liv, Liv and Tiffany messed up lines. Lived. Yeah. Tiffany kind of came off as nervous. Yes, she did. It was kind of like she was in front of that a huge crowd and she was like kind of freaking out a little bit. No, I think about it. Could this be her first live in front of the crowd in uh main roster promo? I think so. Yeah, I think it is. So it just got to her like, oh, um, so it could have been it. But Liv, she's been doing this for years. And she literally forgot a line, looked around like this, and then caught herself. Like, oh, yeah, I know what I'm going to say. So. Then Naya comes out and beats all their asses. So fuck it. We don't need to see any of them win the chamber. If Naya can beat them all by herself, surely took out every single woman, all six by herself. How are we supposed to care about any of these women winning the chamber? I mean, they're supposed to play it off as like, like Naya can also win, so it just shows you how dangerous she is, so it can make her go look strong against Rhea, right? Which we all know Naya ain't winning. So, Gunther cuts a promo in the back. He wanted Jey Uso to know that he's the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Gunther would make Jey understand that. And that he also doesn't belong in the main event. And he's just going to keep on dreaming. <coughs> Nakamura now has more problems with Sami Zayn. He cut another promo on Sami Zayn. He accused Zayn of whining. And if Zayn wanted to be the underdog, Nakamura wasn't sure... That he stayed that way. Nakamura wanted to beat him again. And Zayn could bask in everyone's sympathies. Then they cut back and Pat goes. I want to say thank you for the for the subtitles there. So I knew what he was saying. Oh that was funny. So we're getting more Shinsuke and Sammy. Was this just going to be another win for Sammy? Like in the end? Probably. What did they announce I mean, for It would have to be. Wasn't that, was this match announced for next week? Yeah. Sammy versus Shinsuke next week on Raw. I mean, Sammy would have to win, honestly. I'm trying to think. They only had one match, right? They've only done one Sammy Nakamura match so far? Yeah, they've only had one. So they could have Nakamura win and then go to a third match. But. And then that could lead to Sammy challenging Gunther. Yeah. He gets a big win over Nakamura. And then it's like, I'm ready to move on. Or, well, yeah. That'll just give him that big momentum win to then say, okay, I'm done with, with this. I can move on. I got a big win. Now, what do I want? I want a belt. Who's got a belt? Gunther. I think they're going to go that route. Um, they show boxer Caleb Walsh in the front row. Well, in the crowd. I don't know if he's in the front row, front row. But he was in the crowd. Never heard of him, so I don't know who he is. Boxer Caleb Walsh. We then get an eight and a half minute match. Chad Gable versus Ivar. Ivar slammed Gable onto the barricade early on, and they went to a break about a minute into the match. After the break, Ivar hit a sit-out powerbomb for a two. Gable ducked a kick and a chop block. 
to Ivar's leg, took down the big man. Gable failed to hit a German suplex, though, but applied a sunset flip cradle for a two. Gable tried an ankle lock, but Ivar kicked out of it. Gable then drove Ivar onto the ring, uh, out of the ring, but Ivar shoved him into the side of the ring out the outside. Gable then tried a German again, but Ivar blocked it again and hit a spinning kick. Ivar followed this up with a crazy seated senton for a near fall. Gable avoided a moonsault and hit an impressive German suplex. Gable hit a moonsault of his own and got a two off of it. Gable transitioned immediately into an ankle lock, and Ivar tapped out. So, Gable beats Ivar. Afterwards, Alpha Academy run out to make the celebration bigger than just Gable celebrating by himself. Basically, it's like, oh, you finally ridded, you finally rid Alpha Academy of the Vikings. Good match, though. I thought these two worked really well together, just like every time they've worked together. So, what do you think of the match? I thought the match was pretty good. It was it was short, but but done really well. Right. Yeah, it was only eight and a half minutes. I mean, they've. I also like what they're doing with Ivar as a singles guy. That like they even start having like Ivar merch now. Right. <clears throat> uh, they ran down the card for Elimination Chamber. Whoever made these graphics, kudos to you because they're freaking great. They're so cool. Not like fully because I don't like the way they used. Instead of using just the renders, they're like still shots of the wrestlers from different like things. I'm not a big huge fan of that, but like the the design of the graphics themselves, really cool. I really like it. Kathy Kelly's in the back. She interviews Drew McIntyre. He said Rhodes has been on a hell of a run, and really has only been beaten by one person before tonight. He can now say he has pinned Cody Rhodes. McIntyre knew people were calling him a hypocrite, but he has no issues with what had happened tonight. He said, of course, he wanted to attack Sokoa and Jimmy on the spot, but he couldn't think like that anymore. He was thinking big picture. He was doing this for the world title, doing this for Raw, and doing this for the fans. He just beat Rhodes and would... Beat LA Knight when he faces them this Friday, going into Elimination Chamber. Winning Elimination Chamber. Then, he would become the true workhorse of the WWE and the future World Heavyweight Champion. Great promo by Drew. Loved it. What'd you think? I liked it. I really did. Yeah. I thought Drew was really good here. Come off as like, hey, I get it. Some people are not going to like what happened. Now, he didn't say... I didn't know they were coming. He didn't say, oh, this wasn't planned ahead of time. They did this on their own. So now are we to assume maybe he set this up ahead of time? Maybe he knew they were going to come out and interfere? Or are we supposed to give him the benefit of the doubt and be like, no, they did this on their own, and uh, Drew's, Drew's off the hook for being a quote-unquote hypocrite? I think the latter. Maybe. New Day cut a serious promo. What said that Jey Uso going to beat Gunther tonight, and then next week they want Imperium in a tag match, but not just any kind of tag match. New Day, they were the industry standard, they said, and which is why everyone wants to come for them. There was nobody better than them, and Imperium might have thought this was all over, but it ain't over to the New Day says it's over. They said, next week, we want you in a tag match, but not just any tag match. They both grab kendo sticks and say, street fight. And it's announced 
next week, Kobe Kingston and Xavier Woods against Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanna Vinci in a street fight. Crowd chants New Day rocks and Woods smiled. I'm excited for it. Oh, yeah. I, I am too. Uh, they showed professional bull rider John Crimber. I've seen him once or twice here locally when they've done PBR stuff here. No, once. They had, last of, year. they had a lot of famous people in the crowds tonight. Well, they're in Los Angeles, so there's a lot of famous people that live in Los Angeles. Yeah, but still. Oh, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, just for a Raw. Like, if it was for, like, a Mania or, like, a SummerSlam, then that's a whole different story. Right. But if it was just for a Raw, then it's like, dang. Because normally, like, occasionally for a Raw, they'll show, like, one, like, famous person. Like, here's actor or, like, famous athlete. So then, Pat McAfee does this whole like three minute promo segment on Jelly Roll and Jelly Roll going on tour soon and Jelly Roll tickets going on sale soon and how we can get our tickets to see Jelly Roll on tour. And I'm like, damn, how much Jelly Roll pay for this one? This is crazy. Love Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll's great. And then Pat called him the real, um, what is it, American story? What do they call it? The oh, what's the what is what's the phrase? American dream, real American dream, or something like? That. No, he didn't say American dream. What do they say when like someone comes from another country, or they come from like being in poverty to big time? They live immigrated. No, no, he says no. What he said, some he says something along the lines of like, um. Jelly Roll is the embodiment of the American dream or something like that. Like going from nothing and making it. Do you think about it? Jelly Roll from age like 15 to 18 or 15 to 20 or something like that. He was in jail. Being in gangs and all kinds of stuff. Then he turned his life around. Now he's one of the top country singers in all country music. Then. I think it is the American dream, honestly. I think it's what it is. Then we got the IC title on the line. Gunther, Jey Uso in a 19-minute match. This match was really good. This match was really, really good. I love Pat McAfee when he's like, Gunther's so big, he needs to stop doing that double front missile drop kick. And then when he gets to the top rope, he goes, oh my God, what is this big man? What is, how, why is he on the top rope? I loved it. But early on in the match, Gunther slammed Jay onto the barricade. And then we went to a break about a minute in, like with every other match tonight. Jay fought back after the break, but Gunther chopped him out of midair. Gunther also did the neck twist spot and hit a backbreaker. Gunther tried to powerbomb on the announced table, but Jay hit a backdrop and a Samoan drop on the table. Jay set up for a running, uh, set up for a run, and a Gunther hit a run and drop kick of his own, and then a powerbomb for a two. Gunther blocked a super kick and hit a clothesline for a two. Gunther applied a Boston Crab, but Jay got a rope break. Gunther hit an uppercut, but Jay knocked him out of the ring and hit a suicide dive, leading to a break. They traded strikes until Gunther dropped Jay with a chop. Gunther followed this up with three more hard chops before he began mocking Jay. Jay slipped out of a powerbomb and hit a spear for a two. Jay went to the top, but Gunther slammed him down and hit a splash for a two. Jay then fought back and hit another spear. Gunther rolled to the apron, but Jay ran around and uh, speared him on the apron. Look at the spot before spearing him again inside or outside the ring. J 
Jay hit one more spear in the ring and the Uso splash. Jay seemed to have the match all but one. And all of a sudden we hear, ding, 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 ding. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Somebody's ringing the bell. The man takes off the hood and it's Jim Uso causing a distraction. This dastardly Jim Uso. Jay super kicks Gunther. And then there's just security there all of a sudden. They just popped out of nowhere. I didn't see these guys. Did they like run out from somewhere or what? Because they kind of just like popped up out of nowhere. All this security. Like three or four security guys. So uh, I don't know. This was weird the way they just came out of nowhere. They missed they had to have come from like the crowd or something. So Jimmy wasn't leaving. He was just at ringside while security's trying to like tell him something. Like you gotta get out of here, I guess. And Jay goes, fuck it. Whoop! Dive to all of them on the outside. He gets to his feet. He tries to go for another splash, but Gunther got his knees up. Applies a roll up. And so I missed something here. There was a spot where like Gunther went to oh, that's what it was. Gunther went to like put Jay in a rear naked choke. Jay rolled through it. I didn't write this in my notes though. Jay rolled through and almost pinned Gunther. Then Gunther, they did the splash, the roll, uh, the knees up, the roll up, and the pin. Gunther retains the title. So what'd you think of the match? Oh, the match was pretty good. The ending where like Jimmy cost Jay the match basically already tells you it's Jimmy versus Jay at Mania. Oh, we've we've it's had gonna an, happen. We've had an inkling on that for a while. Yeah, but some people were like hesitant about it because some people were like. Maybe Jay's going to have a title match or something. Right. But this basically sets the nail in the coffin that's going to be Jay versus Jimmy at Mania. So after the match, Gunther leaves. The security leave. I didn't see this. Unless unless I was not paying attention to the outside of the ring, security just disappears, and Jimmy keeps attacking Jay. Hits him with an Uso splash. They show a replay. Comes back. He hits another Uso splash. And then he poses over his brother as the show goes off the air. And kudos for a couple of things. They've gotten Jimmy over, or Jay over, great as a baby face. So when Jimmy did this, he got like almost Dominic level heat. They were booing the crap out of Jimmy Uso. But, yeah. Cool. Now we got to read, read a tweet. Got to read a tweet from WrestleVotes. WrestleVotes sent out a tweet after Raw tonight that's very interesting. This states, quote, and I'm going to pull it up on the screen, actually. So I want to want to read this on the screen. I want you guys to see it, too, so you know what actually this is. WrestleVotes tweeted out. Hearing an interesting story we hope to follow up on, on with more tomorrow. Sources states that there were multiple people within the company under the impression Jey Uso was winning the IC title tonight on Raw. I'm told as late as 6 p.m., this was the direction on various show rundowns within the creative and digital departments. Now, 6 p.m. here is a very, very important thing to look at. Because is WrestleVotes talking about 6 p.m. East Coast? West Coast? If it's 6 p.m. local time, if it's 6 p.m. local time, then that is an hour into the show. Because Raw tonight was in Los Angeles, Anaheim, California. It started at 5 p.m. local time. So if this is local time, 
that WrestleVotes is talking about, then there's a chance that when the show started, there was a rundown that said Jay was winning the title, and an hour into the show, it may have changed. So that's an interesting part of this tweet to look at. Did the show start with the impression of Jay's going to win the belt, and then something changed? Or is that 6 p.m. wherever he's at? I don't know, or she, wherever they are. Is it 6 p.m. their time? Or is it 6 p.m. local time in Los Angeles where the show was? Because when they state location on their Twitter, it says Titan Towers, which would mean they're East Coast. Unless they're just joking, saying, I work for WWE. I don't know. But if that's local time, then that tells you right there, there's a, there's a chance that Jay was going to win the show when the win the match when the show started, and something during the first hour of the show changed that plan, or a little after the first hour of the show changed that plan. I don't know. What do you think of all this potential? What do you think of Jay potentially at one point being planned to win the title? Possibly. It would have been pretty cool. I know fan if he would have won the belt tonight. I know fans would give him like a huge pop. But I'm glad he didn't because then then when you have like Jimmy like cost Jay the match, it would give like them a reason to fight each other at Mania, which I know I wouldn't say, okay, I wouldn't go that far, but like it would at least like give a reason to set up the match like like that since right. they're both on like separate brands. So and what time was this? So this is right during this is during. During the main event, or not the main event, the um, first match, I want to say this was. This was, no, right when the Cody Drew match ended. I'm trying to think time-wise. WrestleVotes tweeted out, the 13,000 in Anaheim for Raw tonight are getting a heck of a show, it seems. So that led me to think, oh, there's a big win tonight, Jimmy. And that was 30 minutes into the show. So they're saying that 30, 45 minutes after that, things may have changed. But 30 minutes into the show, WrestleVotes sent out a tweet that makes me think, and then made me think at that time, oh, is Jay winning the title? So we'll have to wait and see exactly if we get more news on this and what did change, what didn't change, if WrestleVotes is just wrong. or WrestleVotes is normally not wrong, so we'll see how it all does go. Because someone even asked him when he sent out that first tweet, Jade about to be in the Battle Royal? He said, no, another surprise win it is. Again, unless he's talking Raquel, not Jade. Regardless, the Jay stuff. Sounds like Jay at one point was going to win the title, and then they changed their minds. I don't know. Very, very weird. Yeah, I have, I, have, I have no clue what they're going to do with Jade right now. Yeah, I don't know about Jade. Unless they're... I assume they're probably going to wait and actually start using her full-time... Probably after Mania. No, I think she needs to have a Mania match. You're not invested this much in her to have her skip the first Mania she's under contract. That's my thing. Well, what's she, what's she going to do? They haven't really like built up anything for her yet. Bianca? They te- tease her and Bianca in the Rumble. They tease her and Nia in the Rumble. Hell, if they don't think she can do a singles match yet, then oh, hold on. I'm going to tell you right now, if anybody says in my chat, so-and-so needs to be released, you're getting timed out. And possibly banned. We don't talk about, oh, I think this person needs to be fired. I think, unless they do something bad like your Velveteen Dreams. No. 
We're not talking that in my chat. That's that's just no bullshit. What were we, what were we saying again? Sorry about that. I just don't know, like, if she's gonna have a match this year, maybe because oh, they're yeah. like. So I, I know what I was gonna say. I think if they don't think she's ready for a singles match, let her and Bianca do a tag match together. Screw it. Let her and Bianca win the tag titles. Wouldn't hate it. So, uh, the poll maybe, is go for it. Maybe they, do, maybe Bianca does segments where it's like, I lost the chamber, but I still want to match at Mania. So yeah. I want to go after the tag belts, but I need to find a partner, and I found one. It's Jade. Yeah, maybe like, maybe she loses the chamber, comes out on SmackDown that next week, and is cutting a promo or doing something in. Asuka and Kabuki Warriors attack her. Or she runs into the Kabuki Warriors in the back and they set something. I don't know. But, yeah, I can totally see that. But the poll is live on Twitch, so if you're watching on Twitch, go check the poll, and we'll check the other polls. But it's also kind of well. tricky, though, because, like, yeah. they've also invested, like, Jade so much as, like, a singles wrestler to where well, if you put her in a... I don't think so. I think they've just told us Jade's a big deal. I don't think they've really told us what Jade is yet in WWE. Yeah, she was in the Rumble. That's all she's done. She's had, like, face-to-faces with a couple different women, and then she worked the Rumble. That's really it. Yeah, but they still put her to work, though, even though she's only worked Rumble. Right. But I just, I'm just saying, I don't think they've 100% told us, oh, she's a single star that can only do single stuff. So, we'll see. Well, that's not with every female, though. Right. There's, I don't think there's ever been a female that's done, like, only single stuff yet. Um, but with all of that, let's check these polls. Refresh, refresh, refresh. As far as the Twitter X poll does go, 76% liked tonight's Raw. 17% thought it was just all right, and 5% didn't like it. Looking at the YouTube community poll, 78% liked the show. 14% thought it was just all right, and 8% didn't like it. A couple comments here. This person says, Triple H never fails. 100%. This was awesome. This person says, finally got progression with Jimmy and Jay. Tag match was fun. Champa looking great. Cody versus Drew was good, even though predictable. Uh, was it really that predictable of the bloodline screwing him tonight? Because I wasn't expecting it. I mean, I, I kind of expected it because I didn't want Jade just to like lose like clean to Gunther. Right. It... Well, no, no, no. Talk about Cody and Drew and the bloodline helping Drew. Was that predictable? Oh, I didn't yeah, I no. I didn't expect that, no. Me neither. Joe, what have been honestly, like, cool? Honestly, I was expecting an overall DQ because I, I just felt G, uh, Drew and Cody couldn't take a loss. So I thought we would get a DQ altogether and, like, nobody loses. Like, a double DQ kind of thing. I don't know. Just my you thought. Know I done, you know I would have done differently, though? What? I would have solo saved that spike, though, for, like, Mania on Cody. And then fail and then it? When, and then... Not like fail it, but like he lands it on Cody and romance the sphere when it looks like it's gonna be a repeat oh, last Cody year. Kicks Cody out. kicks out. Yes. Yeah. I think they should have done that. That actually would have been a lot better. Save that then, save that spike. Yeah. Now I also seen some people on Twitter say like, oh Cody's about to win, solo's out, but then Jacob Fatu comes out and screws over Cody. Booker's trying to get WWE Rumble. to sign him. I don't think they're and gonna, then, I don't think they're gonna screw Cody though again. And then Rowan beats Hulk Hogan's record. 
But um, look at the Cody's YouTube. winning. He's, yeah. he's winning. He's, he has to. Look at the YouTube live poll. 77% liked the show. 16% thought it was just all right. And 7% didn't like it. Finally, the Twitter, or no, the Twitch poll. Everybody that voted liked the show. But that guys want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter X at Petki underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch at Young Grasshopper Luke. But that guys have a great rest of your night. Have a great week. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.